0: It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Suzanne Mataboni. Suzanne is the author of the debut novel Once in a Lifetime. It is a fun and irreverent coming of age fiction set in the 1980s against the backdrop of new wave music and art. She's a former Newsday reporter, Pushcart Prize nominated fiction writer, and a member of the Newsweek Experts Forum. Suzanne's work has also appeared in the Huffington Post, 17, Child Guideposts and Chicken Soup for the Soul, among many other places. She's a public relations director, a storyteller, a singer of show tunes, and part creator of a truly nice family full of entertaining and talented people. And she makes excellent Halloween costumes. Suzanne, it is so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's terrific to be here. Thanks. Well, I can't wait to uh, talk about the song of the day. So without further ado, let's kick it all off with uh, Learn It From An 80s Song. Suzanne, what song best resonates with the story you're going to share with us today? Can I get a Uh drum roll, please?
1: I've chosen the song uh, One Way or Another by Blondie, uh, which we had a few discussions. It this, this originally came out right before the 80s began, but it also was re-released on a, a best of album. So we're deciding to count it uh, yes. because, you know, <laughs> because the movement started, you know, a, a little bit earlier than just the demarcation of the 80s mark. But Blondie and Debbie Harry are, are it as far as the they- 80s go.
0: They are it, and I am so excited that you brought Blondie in. Like I, I don't know, we yeah. had uh, fifty some odd episodes, and and no Blondie yet. I was I was oh. waiting for it, and and <laughs> she absolutely is iconic uh, for the '80s, as we had mentioned. And the song originated on Parallel Lines in 1979, and then was re released, like you said, for Best of Blondie in 1981. Now. It was founded, the band was founded by Debbie Harry and Chris Stein uh, in New York City in 1974. Now, they were thought of as an underground music until this album, Parallel Lines, was released. And then the rest was history. They became very mainstream, um, nominated for many, many awards uh, on the Billboard charts. You've got One Way or Another, Rapture atomic, call me tight as high heart of glass. Uh, and, and this band was so unique. They didn't really know where to put them because it was, it had a disco flair. It had a pop flair. It was reggae. It was, I even call it like early rap as well. So that went through some evolutions over the years with, uh, band members coming in and, and out and, uh, and they still remain uh, strong. I would say, I think this, the song that you chose, here it is. It was on the top 500 greatest songs of all time. It's on This Is Rolling Stone. That is 298. great. 298. It's number 298 on the 500 greatest hits of all time, greatest songs of all time. And I was, I'll have to say that uh, Blondie has sold 40 million records worldwide, and as I mentioned before, is still active.
1: Yes. Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, I'm remembering correctly.
1: <laughs> no, they were a big deal. I think they helped to usher in the whole uh, new wave movement, which, which was really my thing. Mm. Uh, and it, it makes me like thinking back on those songs, we were like the first generation of kids to hear this stuff as, yes. you know, as teenagers, especially, you know, we discussed, we both lived in New York. Uh, maybe I'll, later I'll tell a story about uh, recently, uh, the other night, we went to a Tears of Fears concert and they talked about Long Island and the radio stations there and the new wave. M- oh, wow. Movement. I feel a lot of ownership over this this movement, I guess you, you yes. can say, because we were kind of the first listeners, K-Rock in California and mm-hmm. W-D-R-E-W-L-I-R um, on Long Island oh, in Long New York. It. Yeah, we kind of heard this music first because nobody else would play it. Like you said, it was kind of underground. Yeah, and that all started like '79 and '80. And Blondie was on the forefront of that. Parallel Lines is one of the first, one of the first albums that I remember being this big power, you know, new wave slash rock album mm-hmm. that kind of changed things. That and there were maybe an album by the Cars. Gary Newman had a song. Um, Joe Jackson had a song and you would just start to hear yes. this sound that just was not like what you heard on basic radio. So that's one of the reasons why you got to love Blondie. But, you know, that, yes. in, that song in particular, I think, is really gutsy.
0: <laughs> yes. And I want to talk also more about the new wave music uh, as we talk more about your book later. Uh, <laughs> Once in a lifetime, I, I would love it um, for you to uh, share a little bit about how new wave is very much part of your novel. Absolutely, so absolutely. I look forward That's... to that. So many goodies coming up, guys. So many. <laughs> yeah, goodies. we're, we're going excited to talk about her Tears for Fears concert, and we're going to talk about <laughs> her book and the new wave influence, uh, and how, of course, how to get her book. Next, let's hear a little bit about how you chose this uh, song, and and what is the story behind it. Okay. Now, this song,
1: I've kind of written about this before in different places, including on on my blog, but. This song holds a little place in my heart, uh, particularly because, okay, when I was young, I was a teenager. I was kind of a shy kid. I was, you know, writers are sort of introspective. So I, and I was, I was little, I looked small for my age. I looked younger. So it took me a while to come into my own, but when I was 15, I went to a party. It was right around the block, but there was a school district division behind my house. So I didn't know these kids from this Mm -hmm. area. They were those other kids from the other nicer school district. And I walked in and uh, I was stared down by a guy who lived in the house. It was his party. And nobody ever looked at me like that before. And as a scared teenager, I thought I might just faint (laughs) or throw up right there in his foyer in front of his pool table. But Blondie was blaring. And I remember specifically this song and her singing. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you. Yeah, and it's it was really it's a very empowering. And I was like on that cusp of all right, am I gonna you know claim my space in the world here, or am I gonna you know turn tail and leave because I'm too nervous? And I went forward, and you know I sat on the pool table with that guy, and you know we uh, we had a couple of moments, and I was in love. (laughs) <laughs> Whoa, yeah. So that was kind of the beginning of, you know, me turning into, you know, sort of an adult, yes. <laughs> maybe not really completely, but, you yes. know, that first step, that first feeling of, all right, now I know what everybody's been singing about.
0: <laughs> yes. And almost like stepping into your power,
1: you know? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. It's a very empowering song, but, you know, we didn't really think about it that way. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like it would rev you up. And that was it. You felt like, okay, I'm part of something now that is is just mine. It's not, you know, it's not your parents. It's not your, you know, it's not on yes. TV. This is me.
0: Independent, I'm going independent woman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you know, as I as you're as you were saying that, I just like was flashing back to like 16 candles and flashing back to uh pretty in pink and all those amazing movies from the 80s where You know, I could see you walking into the party, and and Jake is there. You know, Jake from Sixteen Candles. You know, (laughs) and he checks you out. You're like, oh, she's not from around here. (laughs) I guess it was strange
1: because uh, you know we lived around the corner from each other since we were seven years old, but we'd never met each other before. And he was a little older than me, and it wasn't like the kind of thing where you date older guys at my school, you know. But us, but it was different. You know, it was summer, and all bets were off, and. Oh, something. You know, speaking, yeah, speaking of 16 candles, yeah, it was yeah. his birthday, and there was a cake on oh. the pool table. And uh, you know, I was still kind of a kid, so I, I kind of dipped my finger in the oh. icing and he grabbed my hand and he licked the icing off my finger. Okay, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, and that was the moment where I was like, okay, <laughs> we're moving forward. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, it got a little chill that I'd never gotten before. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> and like
1: I said, that was that was the moment where parallel lines was blaring on the, you know, on the stereo. And I will never forget that
0: moment. <laughs> and how it just really, you know, opened up and and it was like a whole new world to you. Absolutely. So, so cool. So, I, you know, as you're talking about this and, and we'll get into strengths a little later, cause I want to talk about your book first. I'm going to go do things in a slightly different order, uh, but we'll get to your strengths, sure. but I want to talk about, uh, so, cause you talked a little bit about how the song resonated with, uh, I'm going to get you, get you, get you that mm-hmm. one way or another and how, how it resonated. Now, tell us a little bit about your book and also, you know, how the music influenced that for you. Okay. Uh,
1: well, my book, is called Once in a Lifetime, and it is, uh, uh, well, the t- title comes from Talking Head song, Uh, Because uh, basically, I was told, kind of, pick a song for the title, not to go with something too far-fetched, because, you know, we want name recognition. Mm-hmm. So that, more or less, was, uh, I think, a, a wake-up call for-, for us girls back in, in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this book does star, uh, let's say, uh, a young artist who's really ambitious, uh, wants to start her life wants to rev up her career, her love life, et cetera. You know, you're in that moment where you're not quite out there in the world yet, but you're still, you're on your own. You're not a kid anymore. Um, you, you know, you're, you're just getting into your 20s and you want to get out there and start things and you can't wait. That's the, the moment that this book kind of depicts. So, uh, so Jessica, the, the main character, you, you know, wants to break out of her shell. Uh, she wants to go off and study in London, where all this crazy new wave music is coming from. Uh, she wants to go to a study abroad program and study mosaic art because she's a glass mosaic artist. Wow. Uh, but but she's also kind of a working class kid, so she needs to be able to afford this program. So she takes off with her kind of avant garde roommates, and they uh, they do uh, a stint waitressing at a summer restaurant tourist town new hope pennsylvania which is on the border of new jersey on the delaware yeah. river yeah which which uh some of us know it's a very it's a real town and a lot of this was uh, you know based on uh various experiences in in my youth and you know coming of age and that kind of thing uh where you sort of start with that ex- that experience and then the characters kind of run off on their own and do their own thing and you know you find you have uh, a story that you, you know becomes fictional but yes. uh yeah. In any case, so Jessica then has to, number one, be ambitious, ambitious enough to make enough money to get herself where right. she needs to go. Uh, number two is leaving a relationship where uh, and a longtime boyfriend feels like, if I'm not exciting enough for you and you're going to go off to some other country, maybe we need to see other people. And then, of course, she meets a new wave guitar player who kind of makes her head spin like a record.
0: Ha-ha. Yes. Ha ha <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her right round baby right round like baby. a record player <laughs> yeah yeah so so that's where the story goes
1: and as that's far great. as the music as i was saying to to me that movement that happened you know that really kicked up then in the mid 80s which is when the, the book takes place in 1984 at the time it was a big deal uh, things were changing. You were hearing instruments and 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 music that no one had ever heard before because all these synthesized electronic programmed instruments were coming into Vogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people were v- really getting very adept at them to the point where they played the, you know, the machines played the songs and everybody just yeah. sang. <laughs> but it was fun and it was cool. And if you were following that movement, it was kind of a source of pride and it determined everything from who your friends are, you know, that was kind of your tribe. Yes, definitely. You knew right away, you know, who your friends w- were because of what music they listened to and where you went out and danced and who you hung around with and yes. what, what clothes you bought because it was definitely uh, permeated fashion and design. And it, you know, that kind of, we didn't call it goth at the time, but yes. they call it goth now. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, we called it hardcore yeah.
0: and that was kind yeah. of,
1: yeah, hardcore. It was more like on the punk side. Yes. But yeah, that the, yes, I um,
0: yeah, yes. the, the
1: heavy black boots and rip right, right. Like very and,
0: cure, very, exactly. you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so, so interesting. Right. And that was very
1: exciting. And I wanted to kind of bottle that for people and felt if I could reproduce that feeling in that moment mm-hmm. and tell this story in that context, that that would be a good mm-hmm. time for people.
0: Yes, it would. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I I'm, I I'm in academia right now, so I'm in doing another master's degree, and I'm uh, up to my eyeballs in writing and and reading. Uh, but your book is on my list because I do have uh, a holiday coming up in August, and I'm going to take it to the beach, and I'm going to read it because it, it's uh, I'm very excited. Like I've already wrote down what I'm reading during that time, so <laughs> I'm super excited. And you, everybody Excellent. needs to get this book. I mean, it sounds to me like it's honestly a perfect time to launch. You know, for, for this book. To be here, and the you know we all need some good feel good light read, um, and ins- inspirational yeah. read. So, how do we get your book? We, I know we can get on your website, correct? Because I've seen it there.
1: Uh, well, it, it links to
0: Amazon. Actually, you can get it okay. on Amazon and uh,
1: uh, Barnes and Noble, but both yeah. in a hard copy or uh, Kindle or no. So, uh, so you can take a look there.
0: Congratulations! That is a huge deal. <laughs> And I, 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 so I would, I would love to know just what your inspiration was. Like, what was that moment where, you know, you were like, this is the character and I'm writing, or did the character come first or did the, did the, did the story come, Like what came first? Uh, let's see. See, a lot of
1: people ask that question. Well, when mm-hmm. did you decide you were going to be a writer? I've always, I'm one of those, I don't have that story. I always wanted to be a writer of some kind or storyteller. Like I've done theater and, and, you know, and and, um, uh, I sing and I write, write songs and it's all kind of jumbled together, but I've done that since I was like four years old Mm -hmm. um, and decided to tell people, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tell stories. I'm going to, I'm going to be a star. And Uh, so I would, uh, you know, have little play interviews in my bedroom, you know, when I was five years old in front of you know, the little, uh, there was a like, it looked like a proscenium. It was like this uh, arch that was uh, covered the radiator <laughs> and there yes. was screened. screen. And so to me, I thought, well, there's my stage. And I would just like sit in front of it and, and tell these stories and interview people like we're doing now. Yeah, right now. You know, yeah, yes. do an opening number, you know, that kind of thing. So I was always a writer. And every year, you know, I had some other thing that I was going to write about that, you know, that where the characters uh, kind of came to life. So yes. as, I, as I grew, they changed. But I did always want to write about this time period, include this music. Yeah. And for me, like I do a lot of short fiction also, and a lot of it is very, you know, women's fiction relationship based mm-hmm. um, into some horror stuff, but that's kind of a different story. Uh, but most of my characters are at that precipice where they're kind of coming off being, you know, a wild child and realize they need to, move out there and be an adult and do the, you know, and and, and get that career and get where they want to go. But then you're faced with the, <laughs> the reality of, okay, but how do I get there? Yes. You know, all these exciting things are happening in, in the world and they're happening without me because yes. I'm stuck in, you know, in school and college or in, you know, in my, the confines of of youth yes. that you want to break out of. So that moment happens again and again in, in my fiction. And so that's basically how that happened. You know, how I, I took this moment forward with Jessica. And I think that I kind of had that character in mind for a long time because I, I have a vague memory of asking people what they thought about the name. Mm. And they told me they thought it was pretentious. But I, I think that's OK because I think
0: the character is kind of pretentious. Right.
1: So right. but in a fun way. So I went with
0: it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I feel like for the time period, that was a really hot name. Yeah, I would, I, a I would agree. girl? I mean... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, there you have it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes. So, I, it sounds to me like you made the perfect choice. That's really interesting. It's always interesting to know people's inspiration or when they think of ideas, that creative process and where it came from. If you don't mind, as I'm writing my papers and things like that, and I'm writing a lot, I can't imagine, you know, writing a book. You know, how do you... How do you do? I know it takes a great deal of discipline. Um, at the end of the day, but how do you do it?
1: Well, uh, I'll preface this by saying, like most people imagine writers as you know sitting in a nice, quiet room with maybe palm trees swaying outside mm. or pretty ferns, or you know, you're sitting at Wild, Walden Pond and you're, <laughs> yes,
0: sure
1: you're you're being inspired. But yes. uh, people who actually do sit and write know that that's maybe now and then you get a chance to do something like that, but most of the time you have to push yourself and you're sitting in front of the computer and you're, you know, you're, you're fighting distraction and you want to really get up and like have a bowl of cereal or go outside or do it. You know, there's been times where I've actually gotten up and done the dishes rather than have to sit and and finish the the chapter I'm working on because even that seems like, all right, it's, it's, it'll get me away from out of my, and out of my head. But, uh, that's kind of the process. Sometimes it's kind of hard and you have to push yourself. And, and like you said, be disciplined and uh, set up a time specifically to do it. For me, mm. because I, I also have gotcha. a career as a public, yeah, I also have a re- career as a public relations director. So I have to get out of the home office and sit mm. the computer somewhere else. I so uh, there's at least some kind of delineation.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Of when you're writing and when you're working for PR, right? So you have to have right. a little bit of a separate... Entity or a separate hat that you're putting on between those and, two and exactly because mentally you have to at least give yourself a break from that thing you've
1: been doing all day, which is essentially the same thing you're sitting at the computer writing. But once you do get into that zone, mm. then it kind of sucks you in there, and and it'll be hours sometimes that before you can get you know it'll be two o'clock in the morning and you're still going. Wow. So sometimes I call myself like zombie writer in the middle of the yes. night. Just
0: <laughs> that's you know. <laughs> that would be very 80s, like that. <laughs> so. Our next portion, uh, which is about strengths, and uh, you, I've seen your strengths. You have a beautiful package of strengths, and, mm-hmm. um, and there's and so many good them. ones to choose from. Is the there thing? Worst, yeah, there's 20, Yes, there's 24 of them. So, for those of you um, who don't know, we use the VIA strengths values in action. Uh, they are developed by Peterson and Seligman. You'll get a, uh, a printout of, of your 24 strengths, and they're ranked in order of how much you use them sometimes, how often you use them, and your top five are typically who you are to your core. But we all have these 24 strengths within us. So we all have these, these human qualities, these human traits, but we all have them shuffled around in slightly different order. Tell us your strengths or I have them right here in front of me and I can read them off for you. Uh,
1: okay. You can do that. Yeah. I'm looking at them too. And I have a
0: second screen. Oh, you then. have them too. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, so Suzanne's number one strength is love. Yes. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> love. And then number two is creativity, which I think we can all agree based on your novel that, that a hundred percent you've got that and using that hope comes next. Uh, beautiful strength, hope, uh, kindness, curiosity, humor, love of learning, gratitude, leadership, and fairness. So, uh, really such a great, uh, package of strengths that you've got there. I would love to know, um, how you use, uh, how you use your strengths in that story that you told us, uh, at the birthday party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, love is obviously a big one. That was a, definitely a yes. first love, meet cute story. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I, I guess hope. I, I'm going, especially if you read the questions, you'll see what I'm talking about here. Yeah. But when they talk about hope, it sounds to me like they were talking about positivity, about mm-hmm. forcing. Uh, you know, I think it's work to be positive. It's purposeful, let's say. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that hope played into that in that you have to bring yourself to a place where you're confident enough to go forward with what you want to do and, and who you want to turn into, yes. I think. Yeah. So those were the biggest ones, maybe yes. humor, because I think you do have to have kind of a sense of humor about your life with these kind of things. Yes. And uh, I think I've developed that more and more over the years. And it definitely goes into my telling of these kinds of stories even if maybe I wasn't quite as adept at the humor, the humor part at the time.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's, that is great. And that's just a, a way to engage with people, keeping things light and in a way of connection. Uh, humor is really good mm-hmm. uh, for that great life energy. So for hope, what's interesting is the essence of it is positive um, expectations. And, and that's exactly what you said. But being positivity um, in the sense that uh, trying to get positive emotions it you know it does take work. sometime. it's it's, it's a way of practicing. Um, so you may have hope in your top strengths, but it, that doesn't mean that you don't have to worry about it and you and utilize it or use it at all. It's just you, you've exercised yours. It's in your top strengths. It might be a little more accessible than for others, but it's still you, you still have to work it right, like any muscle.
1: Yeah. Um, well, the the thing uh, is, yeah, I think it, it's a, it's a choice. And, you know, everybody has the, the choice to at least try, you know, and, yes. and work at it. And I think if you don't, then, you know, you have, you're going to have far less hope. You know, that's yes. how they're connected. If yes. you don't work at it. And, uh, and I had not to say it's it's really not a Mary Sue thing. It's more a perseverance thing almost. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that I don't think was reflected enough in the survey, yeah. but I think it's part of this hope, you know, hope and positivity, you know, I think that's where that plays in. And I I am nothing, if not (laughs) um, persevering, let's say. So, and a lot of that works toward how positive you can keep yourself. So, you know, sometimes it's easier, easier than others, you know, and it's not that everybody has problems and challenges. So to say that uh, I, I focus on hope and positivity, I'm not trying to say that that means it's easy. Yeah. But But that does mean
0: that you use your perseverance to then, you know, continue to work those uh, hope and your creativity and love and all of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. What I love about hope is it says, um, you know, it's uh, strongly linked with meaning and engagement. So when one is positive, one is hopeful, you find more meaning and and, uh, engagement with others as well. Sounds good. Yeah, it's a good one. You got a good one. So now I like looking at these strengths. How do you use them today? Hmm. Uh,
1: well, obviously, uh, love is is a big thing that came up first. Uh, I think that you have to kind of earn relationships w- with people. And when you have those relationships and you have people that you love and who you know are there for you, I think it's much easier to do anything else in your life because you have that Base, I think that sometimes keeps people from making bad decisions, because yeah. you're always kind of considering the other people in your world, and they're more important to you than other things that might that you might be going after that might damage those things. Yes. Uh, so that's definitely a big strength. And I think maybe in my regular life, in my in my uh, career, I think leadership plays in a lot mm. uh, more now than when I was younger. I think it's kind of a, a a learned activity Yes. also, but you kind of learn it once again, by trying and by being, by finally putting yourself out there to say, okay, I think we should do something this way and being that creativity then plays in also, I think being that creative person, you're sort of that idea person. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think it's a little rare sometimes being the idea, the idea person, um, so I think when I was younger like I said I was I was shy. I was not really the one to step up and say, "Hey, let's do this," or "Hey, I think right. you're doing that wrong." <laughs> yes. Yes. But over the years, I ended up in a lot of groups, you know, where you're sitting around and you're listening to people say, "Let's do this," and "Let's do that," and yes. sometimes you just have a thought where you say, "Why? Why is everybody doing the simple way to do it would be this," or so you think of this creative way that nobody else thought of. And finally I began to stand up and say, "Hey, uh, why don't we do it this way? Mm-hmm. And then you find when that idea works, suddenly you're the leader whether you like it or not because people will turn to you and say, "All right, then how do we do the how do we do this other thing? What do you think?" And yes. then suddenly, you know, you're the you're the person who's, you know, in charge and leading everybody else. But yes. you just you kind of have to have the courage to stand up
0: and say, "Hey, I think we should do this." It does take a lot of bravery. Yeah, it really does. And, um, yeah, and it's uh, the virtue for this one is justice. And I, you know, I would say that, uh, it's having leadership in your top strengths, you know, is interesting because it's encouraging a group of people of, uh, which one is a member to get things done at the same time, maintaining good relations. So it's that, it's that, uh, that dichotomy between getting things done, but then also keeping with respect to the relations. Right. It kind of plays into management. Yeah. It kind of plays into
1: management and not management for a sense of power, but management, like you're saying, to get things done and to utilize everybody's talents in the best way that you can. So hopefully, yeah, that I think that plays into a lot that I have to do in order to get things done, not just in business, even with your family and and with those people that you love, you know, this Mm -hmm. is a lot to do out there. We're very busy. You know, especially yes. mothers and
0: mothers and wives and such. Yeah, you know, absolutely. we're in charge of a lot. We're in charge of a lot. <laughs> we are a boss, uh, boss of a lot. Exactly. Right. Yes. I, I was doing some work with um, some job skills training with uh, some uh, Ukrainian refugees. Um, and they're, you know, wow. coming in uh, to Switzerland. And what was really interesting as we were going over job skills, and we did the via strengths as well, was looking at the roles that they have done. Uh, whether they were mothers, you know, whether you know, depending on what job they came from and what skills they have to uh, get a job here, kind of looking at all of those skills, like just be just just, I say just in quotations, mm-hmm. being a mom. Look at look at what you are doing. You you're a short order cook um, on top of uh, you know a manager on top of event planner. On top, uh, you know, if you look at all of the things that, uh, you know, a mom does, uh, that in itself is a job description of uh, a major management role. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I work, uh, I freelance with a lot of organizations for like I said, for, for PR. And one of them has me traveling a, a certain amount of time. And the person who owns that agency, uh, you know, he's a man and he travels all the time. To the point where he, he called himself, he, he had described to me as I'm a pedestrian in my own life. This is what he said. Uh, and now, so here I am traveling, not to that extent, but yes. I do when I'm traveling, I, I want to say to him, okay, you can do that because yes. you have a wife, right? I am the wife Yes, <laughs> and I'm traveling and yes. stepping away from my life and leaving my family at home. And then yes. you realize just how much of a job an actual job
0: it is, you it know, is. to organize that homestead, let's say. 100%. And it, it, it's different. <laughs> it, it really is. It, yes. Yeah. So inter- it is really fascinating. And um, thank you for sharing your strengths. And, and it is interesting oh. to see, you know, how they do play in with your story and then also what you're doing today uh, and how they really do ring, ring true. Uh, so great. So this is the part of the show um, where we were going to do an action item, um, and mm-hmm. then we also need our audience to know how we get a hold of you, and then we're going to take a little trip down memory lane and have some fun with some 80s trends. Uh, so uh, first thing, uh, what would be an action item that's, that really works for you in your life um, that you could give to our audience today? Well,
1: uh, as I mentioned, I, I, try, I am into positivity and into uh, kind of, you, know, you called it a practice. That's a very good way to put it. Uh, and I can't take credit for this. When I you know, really felt I was in trouble, like during the recession back in 2008, uh, I started reading a certain amount of literature, including Norman Vincent Peale. So mm-hmm. this is an exercise that he had suggested, just so that I'm not you know taking credit for his very you know, effective techniques. But he had said, Write down a list right now of all the things that you are worried about or that you think you, you know, that you have to accomplish, take that list, fold it up, put it down on paper. I know nobody does anything on paper, but for this exercise, it will help put it on, uh, put it on paper, fold it up, put it away in like a little canister or something for a week. The next week, take out that list and look at it and look at all the things on the list that resolve themselves,
0: Mm. you know, sometimes
1: by themselves or that you were able to accomplish. And you'll realize, you know, I get a lot done. And things that I thought were insurmountable or were driving me crazy did resolve. And if you think it's just a coincidence, fold up, you know, make a new list and do it for the next week. And it really is a very empowering and liberating feeling when you open up that list. That's why sometimes I'm big on to-do lists and they clutter up my desk and they're all over. All because yes. i don't like to immediately throw them away because i will pull them out at the end of the week and look at all the things and was like wow i did that and i did all this and i did yes. this uh yes. so i think it's very effective
0: very to good. make that
1: list yeah and look at yeah. it again later
0: i love that that's so great uh there's one uh thing that i practice that i do and it's um at the end of doing wins and uh, i had a podcast on this i think it was in january just writing down the wins of the day um and by yeah. by wins it, it can be minor things you know just uh, it could be i mean uh, gosh i'm i'm blanking on examples right now but it could be something as simple as um you know had a great conversation with a colleague today um you know really felt great after this conversation or what have you it could be you know i was able to Hit the grocery store today. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, but I was able to get there, get the list, and get home in time for my next call. You know, so it it could be Ooh. minor things, and it goes along with what you're saying. It's sometimes we, when we're in our head so much, um, we don't really recognize all the things. Number one that we worry about, uh, and then also number two, all the things that we actually do. And um, you know, and that's even circling back to the skills that it takes to do what we do as moms as women, as, you know, as a wife. So um, you know, I think that's a beautiful exercise, uh, Suzanne, for bringing that in and, and writing that list down. And let's all do that. I think it's, this is a great week to do it. And, um, and let's write that list down and see, see how they all resolve themselves by the following week. <laughs> Good. Super. Thanks again for bringing that in. All right. So now how do we get a hold of you? What are, what are your handles? How do, you, how do we best interact with you? Okay. My website is uh,
1: It's I, mean, I have to spell it for everybody, so might as well do it. S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-M-A-T-T-A-B-O-N-I.com. Uh, or there's a page for the novel. It's onceinalifetimenovel.com.
0: Awesome. Uh, So you can, so you can check out either of those. (laughs) Super. You guys, that's our summer reading as well. So let's all get the book, read and read it. And I'm really looking, really looking forward to it. And thank you again for bringing back Blondie, bringing in Blondie to learn it from an 80s song. So uh, I, we all listen to the, you guys go to best of Blondie and listen to it. I did listen to it last night. And um, it just gave me such great energy. So, such a great <laughs> song you chose. Yeah, if I could mention one thing that sure. excited
1: me, we put together uh, a list of uh, celebrities that we wanted to send the book to to see if anybody would take mm. it and and read it. And Debbie Harry from Blondie <laughs> asked for a yes. copy of the book, or her paper did anyway.
0: Oh. So, <laughs> I'm hoping that she. Oh reads my gosh. It. And I actually got to write her an own and I wrote her something about that story. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is incredible. That That was a thrill. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I will definitely um, put in a hashtag of Debbie Harry when I, when this episode goes live. (laughs) Excellent. Thank yes. you, Debbie. If you're yes. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks <laughs> we love you. We're yeah. fangirls. <laughs> <Band> <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, so let's talk about the 80s, speaking of. And uh, let's start with um, I'm going to throw out a couple humdingers and I want you to try to name the product. How about that? Hmm. Okay. Okay. And Hopefully some of them you, I, I know used. you. I, some of them I know you'll know. Okay. Oh,
1: okay. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar.
0: <laughs> now I'm gonna sing. Awesome! Awesome! That's so good. All right. Well, chocolate, right. you know. Okay. Uh, let's go with another one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm Oh, geez, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm getting that one. Get, yeah, okay. a couple of It Could be, my, couple bad couple guys, it could be <laughs> my bad humming, guys. Could be my bad humming. i will give you that one. It is a uh, big red. Oh, okay. That's all I am thinking. One. Yeah, or maybe they have a couple of different
1: campaigns. I'm, yeah, maybe, I'm remembering, maybe. you know, kiss a little longer.
0: Yeah, that, was <laughs> this it. Little l- okay. that was it. But sorry, I did no, such maybe. a bad job. I did such uh, a no, bad no, job. Maybe. It's hard to hum that one. I should have I <laughs> sung that one. I should have sung that one. Okay. Longer, we'll I, was to, I was trying to be true to the hum
1: <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. Sorry.
0: <laughs> that was my fault. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, all right. So, okay. Let's okay. try it. Let's try for one more. Okay. hmm, hmm, hmm wear mm-hmm. 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 short shorts. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if, you think, if you people out there are remembering these commercials where you had in the '80s we wore really short. They were short, yes. shorts. Yes, like they, people don't wear anything that short anymore. Well, now they wearing, wearing underwear as
0: pants. So <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> I guess, but they come down much longer than those. <laughs> you know, we wore like the really high cut yes. things for you know bathing Dolphins. suits and, and yes. yeah that kind of stuff and really short shorts. So they had the commercial for Nair, which is the product that, you know, it just like steams your hair away. I don't know. Like they just foam. Yes. It never worked yes. for me. But yes. in any case, they had a cute commercial where they, they did, did a little kick, kick line in the short shorts and saying, who wears short, short shorts? shorts? We wear short shorts. <laughs> yes. If you dare yes.
0: wear short shorts, Nair for, short, for shorts. short
1: shorts. All right. So now you got the whole thing. <laughs> yes.
0: So good. So I uh, like, uh, you're over, now. We're really going back. We're really going yeah. back. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit about, um, maybe some eighties music and we'll kind of go, uh, b- back and forth between genres. So this is kind so rapid fire, just pick one that you that resonates with you most. All right. So let's say, um, Madonna, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, I've always been kind of anti Madonna. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> People that, that you have to apologize. Well, uh, Michael okay. <laughs> Jackson. All right. So let's say um, White Snake or Blondie. Oh, Blondie. Okay. I was not that much of a Blondie. hairband band person. No, no. Okay. So then, <laughs> Power to you, you know, to those of you who were. But <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Tears for Fears or Debbie Gibson. <laughs> ah. Tears for Fears, Debbie gives <laughs> us a little what we used to call bubble gum, although she was kind of fun. She was from Long Island, too. Oh, yes, that's right. OK, so <laughs> speaking of you got to share our, your we'll close out with uh, your Tears for Fears story. Uh, oh, OK. So Tears for Fears just did a U.S. tour and I went to
1: one uh, the last show on the tour on Long Island at Jones Beach Theater. Yay! Yay Jones uh, Beach! Shout out. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it was beautiful. It was really a great show. And they talked to us, Roland and uh, and Kurt, talked to us a little bit, and said, "Hey, we have a, a special connection to Long Island because uh, back in the day there was this these, this radio station called WLIR, and you yes. were one of the few people to support us from the start." Wow! And he he mentioned the radio that radio station and K Rock in California, as I uh, kind of said earlier. Yeah. Where they these were the first stations to actually play this stuff. Otherwise, wow. you're getting like AM hits and things. Yeah. Uh, it was new and nobody knew if it was going to be popular, if it was gonna take off. It was just like yeah. in the down and dirty, gritty clubs in New York City. And I kind of feel like we were the first listeners and the ones who introduced this to the rest of the country. And boy, did they get a huge round of applause for that one, I'll tell you, because we're all the we're all the same people out there in the yeah. audience. Exactly,
0: we were there, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like that means so, us. You're talking to us. Yay! So good. It must have been an amazing concert. It was beautiful. Was it was so a beautiful great. thing. I just, <laughs> I just saw White Snake and, um, and, uh, and Europe here in Switzerland just a couple wow. of weeks ago, and that was fun. And then Pearl Jam, but Pearl Jam's '90s, but uh, yeah, so well, it's still. just fun <laughs> to go to live shows again. And absolutely. How- fun it is to hear music. And uh, I tell you, I mean, no matter what, it didn't matter. Whitesnake, I I like the one or two songs. Uh, Europe, I like one or two songs from back (laughs) in the day. But I really appreciated listening to the music and watching them just love being up there. And you could just see the joy that they had being there with the audience and being there um, live again. Absolutely and that, that band meant a lot to me so at the at back in the day yes. at the time
1: so yes. uh, you know it just i mean none of us are, are the same as we were but for moments you just hear that that voice and that you know a cool yeah. gummy english
0: vocal and you just get chills because you know mm-hmm. you're there you're there again mm-hmm. so it's so it's great good. and it's been uh, tears for fears has uh definitely showed up uh, on this uh on this podcast many times now yeah. People oh, cool! Really? Yeah, yeah, great. Definitely. Well, they've been, the songs they've uh, chosen. Um, uh, Everybody wants to rule the world.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: And shout. Uh, yes. Both What's songs. the big it's encore. Great... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I want to say thank you so much, Suzanne. You guys, we have our marching orders. We know what we're doing. Uh, we're we're first off getting Suzanne's book, uh, and uh, we're going to read it this summer. Our uh, summer reading and we are going to listen to some Blondie uh, and yeah. enjoy it, have a little dance party. <laughs> and then uh, finally, uh, we've got our, our items that we're gonna write down and then reevaluate the next week. So thank you again, Suzanne. It's such a pleasure to see you and uh, meet you. And uh, I look forward to uh, meeting up again in the future. So. Excellent, thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Yes, thank you, until next time. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80s song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.